Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast. This is Weldy sitting here with Andrew, and we've got another full season upon us um, as the college hockey season officially kicked underway for the women's. We got games to recap, and uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like this uh, this weekend kind of snuck up on me. Um, I felt like maybe it is because it feels like it's a week earlier, but all of a sudden we're in we're in college hockey mode, and I I for one am incredibly excited to get the ball rolling, get the puck moving, get the puck moving. You mean yeah, yeah? Mix your metaphors too much, but <laughs> I do uh, agree. It's snuck up on me. It's maybe because it's still September. That just doesn't seem right, but it seems early, but I'm here for that. Yep. No complaints. Yep. I agree. Uh, a lot of uh, news kind of leaked out both, um, you know, with obviously the women's getting underway. We'll talk about the, those two games against the Garnett Chargers uh, of mm-hmm. the union of the union of colleges and, um, but obviously, uh, big decommit news here with uh, Leo Gruba. A lot of rumors surrounding that. Um, and then, but you know, we'll get into some a couple other things. We were uh, going to do a full NCHC preview. We'll push that to next week. I think we're gonna gonna kind of go back to the hour hour little bit over uh, shows here um, instead of the uh, two and a half uh, three hour marathons that we've been doing. Well, so we'll give your give your podcast or. Uh, studio or your uh podcast listening ears a little bit of a break uh you said it i, I didn't I, i'm not <laughs> we didn't we never discussed that going back to an hour because i don't see that happening you, you don't see that happening based on our track record but oh, wow. i was just going to say we're splitting this into two essentially to spare you from a four-hour podcast <laughs> so you'll get two two-hour podcasts instead and we're not gonna we're gonna record them separate mondays yeah so we're going weekly from now on. You got yeah. us every single week. We might take a break around Christmas. We might not. But you basically got us for every week uh, until the end of the uh, college hockey season. Yeah. And uh, so until St. Cloud uh, are the champions that are uh, crowned at the X, right? That is correct. So we might have to do that live stream from the uh, victory parade on uh, St. Germain that we're going to do the same day as the uh, women's um, victory parade as well. <laughs> it's uh, what the, well, the old rallying cry was uh parade starts at McRudy's. Um, I don't know. So got to update that a little bit, a little, little bit. The uh, parade starts at the white horse. Uh, I, that's go. actually a real establishment though. Whereas McRudy's eh, kind of sketchy. <laughs> the, the parade starts at the ashes of the press. I think actually would be a little bit more of an applicable statement. So, um, if that were actually to happen, I might have to literally <laughs> travel back to St. Cloud. We could do, we, we'll do a live show from the parade route. Um, I guarantee then, it. I will then, make the arrangements. Maybe Anhorn will do, uh, maybe the, uh, shotgun, shotgun, the shotgun yeah. of the, uh, national title, uh, to the podcast. Mm. God, that'd so. be so good. <laughs> 
but let's start uh, start with the women um, as they sweep the Garnet Chargers on Saturday, six one uh, the victory, four nothing on uh, Sunday for the win. And um, overall, you know, um, I was able to go to most of the game, you know, with three little kids. Um, you know, I, I, we were able to handle about two periods um, of the uh, the Saturday's game. Uh, so it was uh, overall, it was a really good time. Um, I, I found out my son, Luke, um, just demolishes popcorn. And nice. apparently that's, you know, you're not supposed to actually give your, you know, toddlers popcorn until they're like six or something uh, but, uh, I, I don't know. so so all the uh all, all the uh bad parent you know uh, whatever come at me you know you think the child services has that like has like a code like got a father giving a kid popcorn <laughs> uh section 104 wherever you were so it's, that seems um, weird to me. I, it I does. It's just it does, fine. Right. It's exactly. not like you're giving the kid booze. Like <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> sneaking, sneaking some SoCo and be like, it just smells like candy. So, um, but now, um, you know, I want to preface, you know, obviously I've talked about my hype coming in for the women's, uh, for the t- women's team union, not exactly world beaters uh, when it comes to women's hockey. No. Um, I believe they were picked in the preseason poll to finish last um, in their conference. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, this is a team that St. Cloud should have handled. And it turns out that happened and that showed up, which I think is a, a really good sign here for this program um, that, you know, whereas in in past programs they've kind of played down to their competitor and the firepower hasn't really shown up in some of these games where we've lost to like a Lindenwood or um um or uh what was the team last year or a couple of years ago i can't remember it's there's been a lot of bad losses <laughs> yeah exactly so to to see the team uh really come out and uh, really put their uh really put the foot down was was a was a good sight to see um from your vantage point from uh from the big 10 plus streaming service uh how did how did you feel about the games yeah i mean impressive you you dominated uh, a team that you should dominate you should dominate and i saw my enthusiasm is a little muted in that regard because uh, we don't unions either bad or terrible. Like, I, and I'm not even like they, they said in the broadcast that they had 11 win season last year, which is you know well below 500, but that was their best season ever as a D one team. This was a team. I think that had a one win season not too long ago within the last decade, I think. So typically six single win seasons for this program, they've only been around D one for 20 years, less so than the men's team. Um, so the competition is not great, but as you said, St. Cloud has failed even this test in the past. And obviously the expectations for this year are, are higher than perhaps they've ever been um, for St. Cloud women's hockey. And I kind of treat this like, um, you know, like a lemon test for a, you know, buying a new car. I just take like the trip around the block just to make sure like the engine starts and, 
the wheel doesn't fall off when you take the first left out of the lot. You just, you figure out this wasn't going to be like, oh, it's going to be another one of those years. Like, no, you, you, you kick butt and it wasn't necessarily close. I will say the Saturday game in the second period did look a little hairy for a little bit. You know, St. Cloud takes a 2-0 lead after the first. Uh, second period is somewhat tight, and then Union scores to make a 2-1 to one with, what, about four or five minutes left in the second. And prior to that point, they had been pressuring. I was impressed all weekend by St. Cloud's uh, um, defense, uh, creating a lot of offense all over the score sheet uh, were the defensemen this weekend. But on the flip side, at least on that Saturday game and in that second period, the aggressiveness was leading to some odd man breaks for Union, and they were able to capitalize late in that period. So it's like, oh, let's, let's clamp it down here. It's getting a little close for comfort. Well, was it a minute or two after that? St. Cloud scores that third goal. Yeah. It's kind of like, all right, it's, it's, we've got this one back. And really from that point on, uh, the, the score wasn't in doubt. Uh, from that point on, you know, adding adding three goals in the third period to salt the game away. Um, and yeah, all, as I said, defense was impressive from an offensive standpoint and, you know, just giving up the one goal on the weekend, really just that second period on Saturday was the one kind of not great period from a defensive standpoint. But offensively, you're able to spread the offense around. Emma Gentry had a great weekend. I'm going to put her as player of the weekend. Probably not too creative of a pick there because she was definitely a huge presence. I thought Taylor Lind was excellent as well. But there we go. First, first of those. This we year. got our first pow. You got to pick one. You got to pick a pow as well. Um, but I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I thought Taylor Lind played exceptional as well. Didn't really uh, convert or that performance didn't convert into a lot of points. I think she just had one assist on the weekend, but she was dynamic whenever she touched the puck. Uh, and and both of the goalies expect the um, tandem of Chobak and Ahola to continue similar to how Bassey and, uh, and Caster uh, switched off uh, games last year, especially early in the season. They did the same. Uh, Ahola and Chobak did the same last year. And, you know, both looked very strong uh, this weekend as well. So really from all facets of the game, Special teams as well was impressive. And so a very impressive weekend. But again, if we could see something like this against uh, Wisconsin or Ohio State or Minnesota, then we're really playing in that parade route or at least getting into that realm of possibility. So um, you took care of business. We can't say that about every St. Cloud women's team in the past. And um Let's move on to the next challenge because this non-conference schedule, uh, other than this union weekend, is going to be a bit of a challenge. Their next games are at Mercyhurst, uh, and it has been a bit since Mercyhurst was like a perennial tournament team, but still, you're playing on the road against a, you know, not a terrible, not not an opponent like Union where they're just expected to be bad. Mercyhurst is going to give you a challenge that Union didn't. And then even looking forward in the, uh, of course, we know the gauntlet of the WCHA, uh, how difficult that's going to be. And you only play a handful of non-conference games. You got the Mercyhurst series coming up, and then you've got a game uh, against Northeastern, which is 
they were picked to win the Hockey East. They had a great year last year. I think only lost one or two games. They were a high seed in the tournament last year, and that's going to be a challenge as well. Mm-hmm. So these might be, as far as, you know, you got teams like Bemidji uh, in the WCHA, which you stack up well against in terms of like the, those games you're going to be favored to win. But these might be the only non-conference games where that's going to be the case. And so the more we progress in this season and the diff- more difficult competition that they face, we'll get to know exactly what we got here. But coming out of the gate strong, they debuted the season in the vaunted Ustro preseason poll uh, in, in lucky 13th spot. And that's, again, uncharted territory for this program, not necessarily seen as a preseason ranked team. Let's see how they handle you know, part of the season where, you know, certain teams, you know, they're going to take them a lot seriously than they have in the past. And um excited to see how this team gels because, like I said, really every facet of the game was impressive this weekend. And seeing how that can possibly translate against the cream of the crop, it's it's going to be a fun season here. And I'm excited to to see how it plays out. Yeah. And, you know, just talking about their schedule and and just kind of perusing over it. Uh if you remember last year, they started out WCHA play with um Wisconsin, Ohio State and Minnesota. I don't remember the order. Yeah. But I mean, it was a gauntlet to start the season. Um they don't have any stretch like that that's as bad. Um, you know, you'll sprinkle in a Minnesota state, you'll sprinkle in a Bemidji state kind of here and there until the last part of the season. Um, when that gauntlet kind of comes around or really, um, um, you know, January and then, uh, going into February is where you have, uh, Ohio state at home at Wisconsin, and then a home and home with Minnesota, um, there so but by that time i think this team is really going to have their footing with them and they're going to have uh they're going to work out some of the kinks um and they're going to really gel i feel like everyone in the system is really buying into adolski and i just i just felt as i was there on on saturday i felt like their passing was a lot crisper than i've seen in previous years i felt like they played a lot faster you said um the engage the D a lot more. Now listen to Adolski's post game comments, especially on Saturday. He said that that's how they're going to play. They're going to play that type of an up tempo aggressive defense. Um, which I, as I was watching, I did wonder if they were going to play that way against a Wisconsin, against an Ohio State or a Minnesota or whatnot. So I mean, if that's the mo, um, there'll be a little bit of you know, kind of that. Uh, cleaning up that might need to happen of when to jump in and when to, when to, you know, play aggressive, when to kind of back off, because those are the teams that have the firepower that obviously Unity doesn't. So, um, you know, Gentry, like you said, was all over the place. Um, I was also, you know, really, really impressed by some of the, uh, the newcomers um, also on the team. Uh, Avery Farrell had a great weekend. Um, Sofiana Sunderland, um, that, top line that we've got um with um that was um Sundalin uh Himlerova and Zimmerman who Zimmerman I thought played incredibly well too who is very much a she's gonna look for a lane and shoot it 
I mean, she, I mean, there's, she, she's definitely going to, going to pepper the goalie and get some shots and, and create some chances. Um, but I do agree with you on the uh, player of the weekend with the pow for Emma Gentry. I think, I think she was wonderful. And obviously our goaltenders are just like on another level. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's uh, going to be, going to be kind of a, we're going to, we're going to be a sneaky team there in the, in the, um, in the, uh, in the WCHA. And I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to surprise against some of the, uh, some of the brass. Yeah, agreed. So uh, getting back to that schedule, like if they're, if we're identifying a gauntlet extended, you, you stopped with the three, but you also have, you finished that run at, oh, Duluth, at Duluth as well. That's true. Yeah. Four weeks in a row, no off weeks between you got Ohio state, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Minnesota Duluth. Uh, back to back to back to back. And as we're saying, I think we mentioned in the last podcast with the uh, KVSC crew, uh, if you're going to crack into the top four, you're going to have to knock off one of those teams most likely. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Duluth is a consensus team that is most prime to steal that slot from them in the top half. Duluth, let's you know, they struggled against Duluth last year pretty mightily lost in the playoffs you only got one so i'm looking at this we're going to crack into that top four last year you played 18 games against those four teams that we mentioned because you played duluth an extra two times in the playoffs and you played minnesota actually 19 games because he played uh, an extra game against minnesota in that uh icebreaker or hall of fame game yep uh and so you played 19 games and you got points out of five of those games, including two wins. You, you won that go for Hall of Fame game and then you won a game in Wisconsin. If you're going to seriously the, uh, the bowl game, too, that was the um, at we got um, to we, we come up with names for every game against those teams because the named games uh, St. Cloud just shows up for. Right. Yeah, so, I suppose. So uh, right. other other teams try to get some marketing buzz around your games. St. Cloud will spoil them mm-hmm. for you. I bet you Wisconsin doesn't do their fill the bowl against uh, St. Cloud this year. Probably <laughs> get that. See, see when Bemidji's on the schedule. Yep. Exactly. Want to get the, the cupcake, but, mm-hmm. uh, but if we're going to crack into that top, top four of the league, you got to think about getting points out of half those games, which is a very tall task. Um, I still, like I said at the last podcast, I'm still picking those four teams to finish ahead of St. Claude. I'm, I'm an optimistic fifth place for the Huskies. Were you on record that said you're going to go for a top four finish? Yep, I am. Okay. Yep. If you're going to do that, I think, I think they sneak ahead of Duluth. You either got to get you know a, a fair share of points against that top half, or at least like dominate Duluth, mm-hmm. which something they haven't really done in the past, but. I don't think this Duluth team is quite as good. Their goal is no longer there that caused them fits last year, barely scored against her at all yeah. in those six games. Soderberg was it? Um, Dan Jacobson can tell us, but she gone. Uh, and so they're not as strong, but I still think they have the you know long-term track record of being able to rebuild uh, that St. Cloud has been able to show. So, uh, but that, if we're looking for keys, like we we gotta really step up the game against the the best of the WCHA, and so I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this team uh, performs. Um, yeah, with like yeah, with gen- players like Gentry and Lind, 
we had that little run, quasi run of, of, of decent plays sort of late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. And I know that, you know, let's get back to your uh, journalist days. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think those two players in particular, in particular stack up with the best players that the Huskies have, have had? Because I can't remember two more dynamic offensive players than those two. Obviously, the one that kind of comes to mind when it comes to as dynamic as Gentry is Felicia Nelson. Um, and Felicia Nelson yes. was, was a transfer from um, Minnesota State. Uh, and, and she was able to, to put up points. But the biggest thing I can feel that the difference on not only the speed and the cohesiveness is, is that the size also difference because you look at those teams in the mid in the mid aughts yet. I mean, Caitlin Hogan was, I think five, two, five, three. Um, uh, you had, um, uh, Hirsch, Danielle Hirsch. She was, I mean, she was barely cracking five feet as well. Um, you know, and Holly Roberts, I, I think Holly Roberts was a little bit bigger, um, when it, when it comes to that, but, I mean, I'm I'm very much on record that I don't think hockey needs checking, and I don't think it. You know, I, I just think the long term brain effects after learning what we've learned about CTE, et cetera, et cetera. But if you like think that there's no contact at all or size doesn't mean anything in the women's game, you are sorely mistaken. Um, and it, like positioning, I would even say walking that line between being physical and not actually being called for body checking is like a fine art (laughs) that I think those players like Gentry and um, uh, Taylor Lind are able to do um, very well. Um, I do feel as of right now, it's a little bit early. I do feel like those teams are a little bit, or this team is a little bit better than those. It's very early to say, right. Um, but I do, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the best season in St. Cloud State history when, when it comes to when it's all said and done. Yeah. The one thing that might prevent that is that the WCHA is more like top to bottom better. Cause like back in those yeah, days, Ohio State true. was kind of an afterthought. Um, oh, I, Ohio State's always State been good. Terrible. Wisconsin's always been good. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's always been good. Ohio State's really been the one to rise. And so now you got like a four team sort of top half of the league comprised of true powers and at at the same token, our, our goaltending is right now is leaps and bounds. I mean, we've got, do we have that eternal debate too of, do we want one to emerge over the other or are we fine with the uh, splitting of time? I mean, I I mean, what are, we've got a nine, five, zero gold saves, save percentage and a 100 save percentage. Like it's, I don't Not too know. shabby. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who you're going to trot out there. Um, one thing that I do also want to shout out, and I'm sorry that I didn't get her name, but whoever was working guest services at at the game or whoever pointed it out um, is incredibly top notch because you know I was there with I, you know I've got twin three year olds and. Um, one of my sons, he's just really sensitive when it comes to loud noises. Um, and it wasn't five minutes into the game where somebody approached him, you know, wearing an official St. Cloud State 
handed him or like, you know, just kind of talked to him about ear protection and like a sensory kit and absolutely everything. So they got him headphones or, um, you know, earmuffs, they put them on. And after that, it was like night and day difference. You know, he spent the whole first part or again, it was only like five minutes, but you can tell he was uncomfortable um, covering his ears and, and, and whatnot. But right after he put that on, it was, it was a huge change. And um, I don't know if they gave out that bag and if I was supposed to keep it or whatnot, but I did end up returning it. Cause I don't think uh, St. Cloud has the funds to dole out $20 in sensory kit over and over again. But, um, but it, so, but I mean, just shout out, like, as that's not something I would have really thought of going to like guest services or whatnot to try to, um, you know, get that for Luke, I guess I, I would have been like, you know, he'll have to try to get used to it or maybe, you know, next time we'll purchase protection and bring it for him. Um, but to have somebody kind of call it out or, you know, approach us with that and give it, it was, it was a big life saver. And I thought, I thought Will really enjoyed the hockey game and he really got into it when we scored, he was just clapping and he was cheering and, and oh, yeah, you're applying him full of popcorn too the whole time. So <laughs> no, that was Luke. Happy. <laughs> oh, Luke, okay, sorry. Luke was the one with the popcorn. He was. <laughs> I don't think he cared about much else than just having some more whole bag. He finished the whole bag of popcorn, and those, those aren't small bags of popcorn either. That's right. He was just right. sitting there, just one at a time, just chopping down. He looked like he was in heaven. So, but that's good to know. You know, it's yeah. um, it, it's, the, it's the little things mm-hmm. they go a long way. Yeah, it was, it was top notch. And again, I'm sorry um, I didn't catch um, your, um, her name or whoever it was. But you know, kudos to St. Cloud State for having that service too and having that available. Um, and I would imagine they also have that for men's games too um, and, and whatnot. So, yeah. I, I had one thing I was curious about, and I'm trying. You know, Saturday when I'm watching the game, Sunday too. Uh, Frustrated with the lack of, I don't know, news coverage available. So you're pumping up Grace Delmonico. Didn't see I, her on the yeah, ice. Is did. is there a red shirt injury? Do we have any Grace Delmonico updates? Because she was one of the uh, players I was most interested to see. And As she was didn't I. touch the ice. Yep. Um, what I, I know what Adalski did say is that there was an illness um for a couple of the players that did have them off the ice now the other interesting part of that is he didn't mention her name um i think she he mentioned uh a couple other people that said you know had that illness so um so yeah so uh you know that could have kept her off but maybe maybe that's not the case um maybe it's something else i don't know but i I really hope to kind of see her on the ice here. Um, yeah. If, but you know, as, as the season kind of continues. Right. I mean, highly touted prospect coming out of Gentry Academy, not Emma Gentry Academy, the, mm. the other Gentry. I mean, after her career, they might name it. I mean, they, they very well might. That'd be confusing. You have Gentry and, and it, like she, they set it up like in the twin cities too. Mm-hmm. There's like two separate Gentry Academies. Huh? That would be fun. <laughs> But yeah, highly touted prospect, and it was very nice to know that St. Cloud won the Delmonico Stakes. Get it? <laughs> I, like I love it. meat. I love meat puns. Because have you ever had a Delmonico steak? I have not. 
I'm not sure exactly. I think it's just a thicker version of like a New York strip or something. But it's like a it's like one like porterhouse. I think it's kind of like one of those. But Delmonico steak. Order me to, up one of those. I'll I'll have to get over to Manea's Meats and see if they have one. Please do, and then notify Grace uh, Delmonico to see if there's a potential uh, NLI, NLI um, possibility right? there. So. It's possible. The other thing I wanted to mention it's just a frustration of mine. Okay, one of my bigger pet peeves of hockey. So Sat or Sunday's game, it's four nothing, under a minute to go. Lind, who's been impressive all weekend, is on the ice, chasing after a puck uh, in the corner and takes a cheap shot from Union, like a hit from behind. I don't know if it's a check or a trip or something. Went into the boards kind of awkwardly, and they had to sort of. She wasn't injured. It appeared appeared like, but it's like this is garbage time. Why are we having our high end players out there with under a minute to go in a game that's over? Like that's when you bring your fourth line in there. Like I just, I would have hated, hated to see Lynn get injured there uh, on a play that had no bearing on the game. Just a pet peeve of mine. I just wanted to mention it. Didn't like it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't see that play. Um, I think it was, out with the kids doing some going through the parks of St. Cloud and whatnot at that time. But I, I, I do agree. It's, you know, though that's kind of the time when you kind of run your third and fourth line um, out there. So you don't know what, like what the procedure is. Like, obviously the players want to play. Lind was, I mean, I thought she was a, had a great weekend, but I can see that she pers- possibly was thinking it was a little frustrating because she wasn't able to, score a goal on the weekend and you know hungry and trying to make a play in the corner like that. So I, I, I'm not even sure if this is something that Adelski has, like if he had the control over, over that, or if he wanted to give her an opportunity to, to, you know, put a, put a goal, put a tally in the score sheet to sort of make the weekend look more impressive. Uh, even though just watching her, I was plenty impressed without yeah. uh, needing a ton of points, but yeah, let's just hope that doesn't happen again but good weekend overall yep. great weekend overall and we'll see we got the week off mm-hmm. another pet peeve of mine you start the season right away you get a bye week like let's let's keep the forward momentum going here but gotta wait a little bit be patient uh mercy hurst coming up the first weekend in october and yeah we'll get to see a little bit more about what this team's all about excited to see it yep exactly so um, but, uh, you know, as far as, you know, kind of the newcomers, you know, uh, Sophiana Sunderland, I thought looked incredibly good, um, as well. And just talking about the size too, um, uh, looking up Emma, Emma's 5'11 and, yeah. and plays bigger than that, if that's even possible. Um, so it was, um, yeah, really excited for how this team goes and, and, and we'll see, um, in a couple of weeks against uh, Mercier, if things can continue. Uh, switching over to the men's, uh, big news when it comes to um, people that were on our radar. Um, and uh, we were excited about Leo Gruba uh, stepping onto the ice, uh, saw that he was um, not going to be joining us this season, which we did predict, I believe, at the end of last season that he was going to be um uh in it and through the off season uh looked like he was uh pushed back for another year and then uh Fargo Force line sheet comes out and uh, shows that he 
no longer has the St. Cloud State emblem next to it. So uh, just judging on Twitter slash X, whatever, um, yeah, a lot of frustration uh, right now within the uh, fandom of of St. Cloud State. We don't know the whole story or what exactly happened, but a legacy uh, commit, so so to speak, um, ended up uh, ended up pulling back or Brett saying no for some reason. I don't know. It was uh, it, it was a shock to see and a little bit uh, disheartening. Indeed, I I can't say I'm. Like completely shocked. If you want to go back, I remember talking about him for like three podcasts in a row mm-hmm. around the end of the year when we we're previewing who's going to come in as freshman. I mean, I was under the impression he had a pretty good year in the USHL. Fargo had a great year, made it to the finals. He was a big part of that. So he'd already had one year of USHL under the belt. That's not counting the one year of NAHL he had under the belt prior to that with the Norsemen. That's where St. Cloud picked him up or committed him. So he has a good year in USHL. And so I'm thinking it was a possibility of him getting drafted both last year and this year. Didn't get drafted in either year, but still, you know, a candidate to to give you an idea of the, the stock that he had as a prospect. And it just, something's weird about this one because the timeline is, is strange to me. Um, So, I think the first time that we sort of predicted freshman, he was certainly on my list. Then we see that Tyson or uh, Tynan Ewart, uh, yeah, that commitment is announced, I believe, in early May. And he seems like an interesting prospect. I mean, tore up the SJHL, uh, best defenseman on the best team in that league in Saskatchewan, offensively minded uh, defenseman. Who I'm really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the same time, you picked up Carl Falk from Atla- Alaska. Uh, from Alaska Fairbanks, and at that point, I'm like, I'm not sure if we're going to have room for Gruba, and I don't know why you're not bringing in Gruba because I'm pretty sure this kid can play regular minutes at a lot of different colleges this year, like this season, 2023 to 2024 season in NCAA. And then it's announced the, 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 the freshmen are announced in early June and it includes Warren Clark. And at that point it was confirmed that group is not coming back, not coming to St. Cloud in 23, 24. He had not decommitted, but at that point I was really confused because Clark we should add also a highly touted uh, prospect was drafted, was drafted over, yep. over this summer by Tampa Bay, uh, but has no USHL experience coming from Canadian juniors and was slated to play USHL. That was the plan. He was drafted in the USHL draft prior to him being drafted in the NHL draft in anticipation for him playing a full year in the USHL. While St. Cloud cut that whole step out of the process, they're bringing him in as a young, I think he's just 18, maybe 19, but a young player. And they're bringing him in and in favor of Gruba coming back. Now, my source at that time said that Gruba was for the idea of returning to Fargo for another year, which put my 
anxiety at ease slightly because I'm figuring this could have been another Martin's Lavin's situation. Or if you remember him decommitted, I don't know, around April. Um, I think he went to what decommitted to Lowell, I think, or New Hampshire, New Hampshire. And that situation seemed to be like a numbers game. Lavin's who had played juniors for Latvia as a center. So we're mentioning a lot of center prospects for the Huskies. Potential that, you know, they're bringing in four or five guys that have centering experience at the juniors, and maybe they decided Lavins wasn't going to fit the mold anymore. And so he decommits, and he's going to be playing this fall for New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So at the time that I heard that Gruba, and who knows if that source was accurate that says that Gruba was okay with this move, but it put my mind at ease a little bit to know that he was okay with this, even though I'm like, I, I don't, I, I like Clark. But I don't know, it makes, doesn't make much sense that you're going to get a second, what I would consider, unneeded year of juniors for Gruba and then bypass a year of USHL, which is a tougher junior league, a step up of a junior league than what Clark was previously, that you're bypassing that league for him altogether. As we mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, I, again, I love Clark as a prospect, but I'm not even sure he's going to get regular playing time. Like I would anticipate him getting scratched, at least in the first half of the year. Um, maybe playing one game a weekend. I, I don't think there's much to it. You can't expect too much, even th- that he is a drafted player out of an 18, 19 year old defenseman in an old league, like the NCHC is perhaps that's going to make him better in the long run. I would assume that it is going to make him better in the long run to, to face such a steep learning curve so early. But with Gruba, you feel like you had the best of both worlds in there. You had experience in the USHL, a little older player has been able to toughen up a little bit. And he had a really good year in the USHL. I don't know what else he needs to prove at the junior level. And so fast forward now, we see that the decommit is what ended up happening. And I, I think the, another part of the timeline, a couple other parts of the timeline, I think uh, one interesting nugget. So that, that Clark news was the first week in June. Last week in May, Nick Oliver decides to leave Fargo. That's... Who was who was that's the coach. Yep, that's the thing that takes, I'm kind of like the most interesting nugget to me out of all of this. So he takes the Wisconsin to, assistant job. Yep, not to say anything nefarious happened or anything like that, but just interesting. So he takes an assistant job at Wisconsin under Mike Hastings and he resigns from Fargo. Uh, great career there. One, one season wonder in Fargo. I think he won coach of the year and they almost won the Clark cup, but so he takes the Wisconsin job, and it's a week later that they announce that St. Cloud announces that Clark's coming in, which surprise it was a, was a surprise based on their taking Clark over Gruba, and, and, computing also the additions of Ewart and Falk to the mix as well. Also put in there, I was alerted to this. Gruba did an interview, which I'm sure you saw because it was hosted by the illustrious Jess Myers, which I know you. You're in first in line with the, whatever Jess Myers does. The Jess but Myers a little, fan club over here. It's a little five-minute how-you-doing interview with Gruba uh, at some golfing event in North Dakota. This is in August, where they bring up the fact that, yeah, committed to St. Cloud. What, 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 uh, in, what, what attracted you to the program, yada, yada, yada. And Gruba put in, you know, did the tap dance about, oh, I'm so excited and 
swallowed the program and how oh, the fat, you know, the fat ice. That's what Myers brought up. How are you going to play against you know, the Olympic ice? As if that question's never been asked before. Um, but he said all the right things, meaning like just sort of the patter that uh, college hockey players are trained to do. And long story short, no indications at all that he had any cold feet at that point. And now we fast forward another month and a half and he's no longer listed as a St. Cloud recruit. And we don't know what the status is, but it doesn't look like he's going to come to St. Cloud after all. So I guess the rumor mongering, I would imagine on the X machine, a lot of Wisconsin uh, speculation. Um, It would seem weird to me that you're following your junior coach to somewhere where he's just an assistant. It would kind of be weird that he's following his junior coach to begin with, but it would make, it would make me less curious if like Oliver became a head coach somewhere, but if he's just going to be the assistant, that seems a little strange to me that he would be that tied to a coach. Um, and then so strongly to, to decommit from the team that you're originally committed to, to, to then go to that school. Now, but also at, at the same token was all, I think Oliver was an assistant coach when he here, when he committed originally. So he committed it late. So after the 2022 season, it was somewhat late again, April or May of 2022, he committed right around the same time Barrett Hall did. We did an episode about it at the time. We sort of lumped both of them together because they were both. I think they were both for the Norsemen. They were both at least in the NHL at that time. I know Gruba was the uh, was with the Norsemen. I'm not sure if Hall was or not, but they all, they played that 21-22 season in the NHL, and then they both played in the USHL this past year. But I'm not sure when Oliver took that Fargo job. He was on the staff in the 21-22 season as the assistant, the main the main number two, but. I'm not sure if he had already taken the Fargo job at that time or not. It's possible that he had a hand in recruiting him to St. Cloud. And then he goes and coaches him in juniors. And yeah, I mean, that's not unbelievable that he would gain such a affinity for playing under Oliver that he's willing to break a commitment and follow him to Wisconsin. But June 1st, June 1st. His Twitter still, I'm sorry, X, um, extremely not excited to announce that I'm coming to playing D1 hockey at St. Cloud State University. So that's June 1st of 2022 for Leo Grubo? Correct. Okay. I I don't want to put you on the spot, but I wonder when uh, Oliver took the Fargo job. And I'm not sure if those are, if he was, if he had a hand in, in, in recruiting him to St. Cloud or not. It's, it's very possible. I mean, obviously it's, the recruiting process goes back a ways prior to the date that you actually uh, verbally commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so certainly possible that they had a relationship prior to, you know, the time that he officially committed to St. Cloud, but something about the timelines weird to me. Um, and if it was something where it's based on Oliver leaving, I'm, I, I don't know. Part of me feels like this is an unforced error from Larson's standpoint. Yeah. Like, why didn't you try to bring him in when we thought like 
after the year, April, May, when we're sort of figuring out who's coming in, like, I don't think this is a, we're going to take Clark over Gruba. I don't think that's the one for one. Like we're gaining one and losing the other. You got to think of it as like Falk or Ewart. Like, would I, would I rather have Falk? And again, I like Ewart. I think he's got promise. Falk though, like who, who would I rather want? Gruba or Falk? You can make the argument, especially I can see it, coach saying, I want a little bit of experience in Falk. Um, that seems to be more the equation. And I, I don't know. At the time, I thought it was a little too cute to think you're going to squeeze another year of juniors out of Gruba. And I was surprised at the time that I, I'm surprised that he decommitted this late. Yeah. Because if he would have decommitted earlier, like Lavins did, I'm sure he could have hooked up with any number of teams. Um, again, maybe his heart is set with Oliver and Wisconsin's got a numbers game and he wasn't able to come in this year. I, I don't know. That roster is basically completely over been overhauled since Hastings took over. So if that was a real uh, priority, I'm sure they could have made that happen to bring him in this year. But I don't know. It seems to me that you had, I just, it, it, it seemed perfectly laid out to have him come in in the fall and to have him try to convince him to play another year juniors. I'm not surprised that he decommitted. I'm just surprised that it took this long. And that, that's what, that's what I don't get. The the timeline is weird. And I hope, I I hope, and I expect there to be more details that emerge and we're going to get the whole story. We might get the whole story soon. Uh, I like it because I'm just scratching my chin here wondering what the heck's going on but i don't know this one doesn't appear to be a good look on the surface and larson's had a fair amount of decommits and uh, it is somewhat troubling especially from the standpoint that this was a legacy commit tony gruba his father putting in a pretty good career for the huskies in the early 90s you'd think that would factor into it a little bit that he's not as much of a flight risk because of that connection. But we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't want to make too many uh, rash speculations, but I kind of saw it coming when the numbers, like it's just like we keep adding guys and we keep adding new players that are coming to the fall this year and not, and none of them are Gruba. And I'm like, yeah, what am I missing here? And so Frustrating because I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Gruba goes to Wisconsin or wherever and kind of has a ho hum career and we never hear from him again. But maybe he turns into, uh, I don't know, uh, Dylan Anhorn 2.0. Like, I would hate to see that happen. And I guess, I mean, he's decommitted. I don't know if that means he's a free agent or if he's got the next spot already locked up. I guess there is a minuscule chance that St. Cloud still could. Uh, right the ship and get them back on board. But maybe it's an instance like Ross bailing. and Rachel where they're on a break right now. Or... Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam and Diane kind of on and off kind of thing. And... Well, yeah. Sexual tension, Jim and Pam kind of deal, but we'll see. <laughs> we hit, we hit all genres right there. We hit the older cheers. We hit the friends and now we hit there the office. So one for the boomers, one for millennials and one for Gen Z. 
so yeah, yeah, hitting hitting the dartboard there. But yeah, let's let's keep an eye on this situation. Maybe next week we'll have some more details, i.e., where he's going to go. But yeah. be a tough loss. Uh, I mean, right after that that game where I saw that he or that um, it was pointed out, and I think actually Sidney Wolf also pointed out that he deleted St. Cloud State commit from his Instagram as well. Um, and I think that game, he scored the game winning goal for Fargo. <laughs> so it was just this. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is, this, this is fun. Um, to put a pin in, um, the whole Nick Oliver aspect of it, he was, um, in May, he was announced May of 2022. He was announced as the coach. So it was, he was announced yeah. as the coach of Fargo before Gruba committed originally to St. Cloud State. But as we said, there could have been some legwork already you know, done yeah. prior to that. And so certainly could be the connection there. That might be the Occam's razor, like um, uh, the most likely scenario most likely. is that he, if I would, if this was like the betting line, you'd put like minus 150 on Wisconsin right now. I as a, like so. set that as a line and like everybody else would be plus something. Yeah. So. St. Cloud be like plus a thousand at this point, <laughs> at the, probably after now. Yeah. Eh, no good. Don't like to see that. As far as um, kind of around the horn, um, do you want to maybe give maybe some of your picks for teams to look at for uh, maybe like regular season champion for the rest of the leagues? Um, and then um, I don't know if there's any other storylines. I can't think of anything. Well, let's start. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's kind of touch on each of the leagues, in particular, kind of the Western leagues first, because you know that's where St. Cloud's going to play, like for all the of their non-conference. <laughs> well, all their non-conference at least is going to be yeah, CCHA for the and, and the Big Ten, and I guess the Independence with Alaska. But let's let's fo- well, I guess CCHA that's a big talker because oh, that's true. Um, lots of movement uh, going on in that conference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should mention that uh, Ty Eigner, the uh, Bowling Green's uh, coach, was put on leave, and I'm assuming he's going to be fired mm-hmm. because that's what happens now these days. So what was weird was that the the news was that Swankler was in the transfer portal. I was like, uh, with the transfer portal closes like months ago. Um, but the loophole there is that if the coach – that you're playing under is no longer the coach, then the transfer portal will open for those players who are coached by that coach who left. So that gives them the opportunity to leave. And I, I, at first I'm like, well, the, the semester has already started. How is he going to move to another team? Like in the middle of a active school year. But as you mentioned, he's got to sit out this first semester and then he'll join Michigan tech in the second half. Which is another like real added wrinkle. Like you don't see that too often. Like a transfer midseason, got to sit out half the year. It's really an unprecedented situation, and certainly was uh, threw a wrench into CCHA media day because they <laughs> right. released the poll the same day that um, that this all breaks. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, day Swankler, day, yeah, and Swankler being the the was it co-player of the year, preseason player of the year? Which, by Maybe the way, was... such a stupid award. 
They're always, it's like the us show uh, season end, the first us show poll of the year, which we'll get to later. But there, those things are just more entertaining from a kind of ridiculous standpoint. And so I, the best one I thought was that St. Thomas got a first place vote in the yeah. preseason poll for the yep. CCHA. I would like, so Rico can vote for his own team. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know if that was possible. If you could do that, but so that was surprising. And then also surprising to see Mankato sixth pick to finish sixth in that league. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's completely wrong. It's just glaring to see because we're just so used to Minnesota state kind of dominating that league. Uh, but Yep. So, and what was Bowling Green, I think third picked to be third. Yeah. Cause it was Michigan tech and then Northern Michigan were fairly close one and two. I would have picked Michigan tech to be my preseason number one, even before the news of Swinkler uh, transferring there. And again, just for the second half, but that, that puts them, that's a really good addition for them uh, for the second half of the year. So I would definitely put, uh, Michigan Tech is is my preseason number one. You you got the uh, Piedla in net coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, a Richter finalist last year, and aside from that ugly uh, NCAA tournament game against Penn State, terrific year for him. So you got you know the consensus goalie of the conference, and then player of the year at least in the second half coming back as well. I think it's Michigan Tech's uh, conference to lose. Uh, I'm assuming you're agree- going to agree with that, or do you got? Are you going to be? You going to be special? Nope, uh, I I totally agree. It's going to be Michigan Tech. Um, and again, that was even before Swankler. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, seeing like I get that Minnesota State lost a lot. Um, with, um, you know, with uh the whole departure of uh, Hastings and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, I don't know, dropping down to six below St. Thomas and St. Thomas getting an extra vote. I don't know. And even Bemidji State's group, you know, up to fourth. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I, I, I guess I wouldn't have Minnesota State that far down on the list. And I'm, you know, kind of on the side when it comes to CCHA. So maybe they know something, you know, a lot more than I do, but it's, it's definitely Michigan Tech. Wow. Yeah, I think the the St. Thomas was just I I don't quite get I don't know who would vote them to be number one in this league. That just seems nuts to me. But I find it really so interesting probably... that um, looking at all of the logos for the CCHA, that the all the logos face right um, of an animal that faces Michigan Tech. Northern Michigan, Bowling Green, uh, Bemidji State, they all, you know, Mankato, all to the right. Uh, and Ferris State, I mean, Ferris Effin State. It's just kind of, I don't know. Maybe that's like a, like a graphic design. Probably. Principle of some sort. Like, I, I'm trying, I'm looking just at, like, all of the logos. And, and I mean, there's some that are, like, straight on like yeah yukon's husky is just like looking right at you st cloud state's husky but like every other one that's got like some sort of logo that's pointed one way 
It's all to the right. All to the right. It's got to be like moving forward or progressing, like on a page and reading. Some, probably something along those lines. Graphic designers, hit me up if that's uh, kind of the reason why those logos kind of face to the right. It's kind of like in Clerks, like... where Randall is going through all the uh, prices, and you're like, God, you ever notice all these prices end in nine? God damn, that's eerie. <laughs> kind of feel like it's the same type of <laughs> kind of eerie that all these face to the right. So, I got Vermont. Their little catamount. Oh, geez. I is, jumping, were... is jumping to the left. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the next conference for the. Oh no! I'm looking. I'm looking. So oh, that would have been real. Whoa, Vermont! That's the only one I can see, though. That's like somewhat going to the left. And yeah, this is CHN, so it might not be completely up to date with some of the logos, but that's weird. I'm now I'm like fascinated by that. I don't know why that would be the case. Anyone good at Photoshop could uh, Photoshop Vermont going to the right. (laughs) I would like to see that as well. Is that what they used to do with like the old school like photos, like what the dollar bill um, portraits? Are they all like facing to the right too? Like there must be some principle that says that's the way to do it. I am so dumb. Here I am asking for people to Photoshop the catamount going to the right. And I'm like, it's a V. Just reverse the image. Could just do that. But why did they choose to do that? I bet you it's like, you know, Vermont's like like stoners and syrup and Ben and Jerry's. Like, I bet you just they didn't get the memo about everything's got to be facing to the right. Just like, yeah, the cat's going to the left, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna chalk it up to to Vermont pot uh, for that one. I, I didn't know. Uh, I guess I didn't know that was a thing. It, I, I'm kind of just making it up. I, that's kind of my stereotype of what I have in mind for Vermont. Just kind of slacker, kind of stoner types. So. Let's do it. It's the stoner. It's the stoneriest of the New England states, for sure. I would say. Well, I'll try to flip this logo. I guess I'm not a whiz when it comes to do that, and then uh, submit that to them. See what they think. (laughs) It's like, hey, you got this wrong, buddy. So that's the CCHA. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and jump to East yet, because I said we'll do the Western conferences first. Oh, yeah, that's right. So how about Big Ten? I would. I would assume that Minnesota is kind of the clubhouse pick. Um, they came. Did, remind me, did they win the national title last year? Uh, oh, no, that's right. They lost no, in overtime. That's right, they lost. Wonder what have happened in overtime there. That'd have been a tough one. Tough one on the chin there to lose in overtime. Yeah. Who did they lose to? Uh, Quina. Quina Piak. What's that? That, that? That's what the that's what goes in your tonic. Oh, right? that's Quina. what in tonic water, right? It must be the city where that was invented. Weird. It's like Minnesota is just like the behemoth. I don't know what they're doing losing to a team that we can't pronounce. But I'm gonna go with Michigan, and I'll give you a dark horse with Michigan State. I, I think they're kind of 
an intriguing team, adding guys like our our old friend from Miami, Red Savage from the Wonder Years, and then um, Duluth's favorite uh, decommit, Isaac Howard. Um, seeing if maybe the younger league works more to his advantage. Had a decent year last year, almost made the tournament, and seemingly have a, a, a good transfer haul and as well as a very good uh, recruiting class. I'm going to go with Michigan State as not winning the conference, but making an NCAA tournament appearance. And I see that Weldy's got his Microsoft Paint uh, skills. This is, this is Photoshop. Mid-season form. Photoshop. Yeah, there you go. I, I got it. But he's flipped. It, I, I know this is a great visual for our um, listeners who can't see what we're seeing I've, here, but he has flipped the Vermont Catamount logo. I've got a hot take. Right I tonight. like this better. I kind of do too. Kind of like this better. Maybe, so I think they're onto something. What is it? What is the common man? You're either on something or you're on something. something or you're on something. And I, we know I, that I think, Vermont people are on something. I think you're actually onto something. Yeah, I think I think uh, logos going to the right makes more sense. I think I like the Vermont. Put uh, that on the X, um, all right. I'll, so I'll, people know what we're talking about. Perfect, we'll do. Okay, I'm sorry, but continue. yeah, sorry to get you. Started. So I, I'm going Michigan State or Michigan as the champ, and but I'm going to go with Michigan State as a dark horse, and they're going to make the tournament. And I think the Gophers are going to make the tournament too, but they're not going to win the conference. Gotcha. Um. No, I was uh, kind of boring when it comes to it. Um, I and I ended up actually just picking Minnesota. Um, I feel, you know, looking though at their defense, I was like, yeah, this doesn't really, you know, other than Middlestead, obviously, it didn't really jump out to me. Um, but it's, you know, they're always going to have a lot of firepower returning or a lot of firepower year in year out. And I think they're just kind of a snidge ahead of Michigan when it comes to it um, with everything that Michigan lost. So that's why I ended up picking Minnesota here to win the Big Ten. Yeah, who is the – so they lost uh, Cooley, obviously kind of a late loss mm-hmm. there. And then losing um, guys like Faber, uh, guys like Nyes, Oliver Moore. That's who I was trying to think of. He was the top 10 pick. He was like – I think he might have been 10 exactly. Oliver Moore would kind of be like this year's um, Cooley type. I mean, I don't think he's quite at that level, but damn good prospect. And as a freshman, we see in the Big Ten, you can be Hobie winner as a freshman in this conference. And and so seeing if guys like that can pick up the slack that Cooley and those others left behind, certainly possible. They were a deep team, even considering the losses of those two, they had enough coming back and they got like a 27 year old goalie in net now. Right. So got pl- plenty of experience there. Um, you know, quality coach behind the bench. So uh, he'll get you. He'll, he'll get, get you get far. You the tournament. He'll get um, you to the tournament. And, uh, you know, they also brought in a, a, a transfer, um, just your standard run-of-the-mill transfer from uh, St. John's from D3. So that's, that's right. Uh, so that's, you know, so remember that um, anytime that any gopher wants to chirp about how uh, St. Cloud is just a bunch of 25-year-olds. Uh, that's <laughs> uh, to each their own, I guess, right? 
Nick Michelle, is that who it is? I believe, I believe so. that's who it is. Played a little bit at Huntsville, but then went to St. John's the last couple of years. And yeah, he's a golden oldie. He'll be 25. Uh, looks like tournament weekend, uh, like conference tournament weekend. He'll be turning 25. So yeah, and close, you know, he already is 25. And he'll be 26 next May. So, yep. Remember all those jokes about St. Cloud Grizzly Men Club. Mm-hmm. Throw it right back in their face. Well, we wish we could throw it back in their face, but we're not on their schedule this year. Yeah, so, exactly. Don't know how that happened. but And now Don Lucia, so, I guess it doesn't matter. And the age restriction, right. he wanted He's in to the league on. where, yeah, it's it's the senior league. Yeah, he's the commission now, so <laughs> it all comes full full circle, which we which we like. Yep, exactly. But what did George? It should Lucas be another. Say? It's it rhymes. <laughs> Star Wars history doesn't it. repeat itself, but it rhymes. But it rhymes Something like that. So. I like it. So we got the Big Ten taken care of. I think it. I mean, we mentioned this last podcast. Like they had a really good year last year as a conference. I'm not sure if they're going to reach quite that peak i mean they very well could get four teams in i wouldn't I'm forgetting about ohio state haven't mentioned them and and they've been you know pretty consistent uh tournament level team for the last couple of yep. years now and so can't sleep on them and keep an eye on max montez for ohio state he's a husky decommit speaking yep. of decommits speaking of decommits. he'll be coming this year he had a good year last year in, in juniors after he decommitted and now he'll be playing for the buckeyes this year so Keep an eye on that. Why don't we move to, we've brought up part of the league. How about Hockey East? You, you taking Vermont now that you've fixed their uh, erroneous I logo? Thought, I thought you were taking it. I was going to let you. I mean, first they got to fix their logo to go to the right, and then maybe they can get some wins. Um, I mean, Vermont also has been kind of a dumpster fire as of late, and now that, no. Their own coaching scandal of their, their own. own. Coaching not hazing scheme. related, but more like me too related. Yeah. And you know, obviously bump is now going to be Bumps. in the NCAA. Bump was bumped. Yep. So, um, but no, I was incredibly boring with it. And I picked Boston. I picked BU. <sighs> well, yeah, I was going to say, you can't quite Sorry. say that because there was Boston college as well. And I think BC is going to be pretty good year this year as well. I think it's between those two teams. Um, I am going to go with BU. Uh, we did mention the vaunted Ustro preseason poll. Should have a sound effect for that, right? Because it is always the best poll of the year. Um, and and BU taking the cake, either getting jinxed or rubbing the lucky charm. I don't know, but yeah, guys like Lane Hudson's coming back for them, and you know made the Frozen Four last year yep. uh, as a fairly young team and coming back. Second year of both Pandolfo at BU and then Greg Brown at BC and, and Brown, I, I thought had a, a better year than maybe I expected based on the last couple of Jerry York years. He's picked up the recruiting as well. I think they're going to be strong. You know, this is a league last year that had so many opportunities. I mean, they had five, six teams within striking distance in, at New Year's and then one by one, they all sort of collapsed in their collapsed. own way. Lowell, UConn. Providence, Merrimack, Merrimack nearly tumbled out. They they did cling to the one of the they last at large yeah. spots, uh, and and they might be decent as well this year too. Um, I don't yeah. think you can write them off so easily, but I uh, will. They're the 
They're the Browns. Everyone wants to pick Miramac as now the darling pick. And it's like their whole, it's like, oh, yeah, they were really good until they stopped being good last season. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> I don't think you can hang your laurels on that. Anyway. Yeah, they're kind of like they're kind of like the CC of that league, yeah. where a little late season push little, has expectations inflated a little bit too much. A little cute story, but. a little cute. Yeah, it is. It's it's very precious. So, and then you got teams like Providence. They're always seem to be sniffing around, and you know, I I I like to root for Connecticut because they've never made the tournament, and they're a fellow Husky team. Um, so I'd like to see them, you know, the other Huskies, Northeastern, I think they were last year's preseason favorite in the hockey East. And they had a disappointing year, even with Devin Levi putting another solid year for them. But I don't think they really have high expectations coming into this year based on his departure, in particular Levi's. Um, so I would, it's really another one like of those an all Huskies tournament. I, I like, I, I've been like, we should get a four team, like icebreaker type tournament, right? With all Huskies, St. Cloud, Tech, uh, Tech UConn, can host it. I would love to go to the UP. <laughs> right, let's get that moving. I, I the the idea of themed icebreakers, or at just you know, doesn't need to be the icebreaker, but themed fourteen tournaments. I don't know if I brought it up on here, but you could do a, a Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my, <laughs> with Lindenwood now, who's the Lions? You even have your pick between Princeton and CC, and then put our favorite team Brown in mm-hmm. there with the brown bears so just do kind of you know fun things like that i think that be creative and get this done I mean, the the journalists would love it because they would yeah. have that's like half their article that's would be half about their articles right there yeah. the wordplay right um it's kind of just like My- a- just myers could do that in his sleep <laughs> so the uh one of my favorite games right now um, and obviously you're a puzzle fan. Um, so I don't know how you feel about this game, but it's connections from the New York times. Um, oh, yeah. I'm familiar with it. I've never played it cause I'm not a subscriber, but it's very similar to, to a, a British. You don't need to be a subscriber now. From what I know, or from what I understand, it's very similar to, um, the British game show only connect. Have you ever seen that? I would imagine it's probably exactly the same. There's a couple of different rounds of only connect and, and from what i can t- tell this connections that they have is essentially one of the kinds of rounds that only connect does only connects pretty cool if you ever can watch one of those it's a solid game show and yeah so i can't say that i i have a uh, personal experience with it i thought you were gonna say immaculate grid which you certainly have uh familiarity with no but, i'm um, so bad at immaculate grid so like getting better at the hockey really matter the sport yeah even hockey i'm like i don't remember who played i think i mentioned before i'm i'm pretty pretty insane at the the baseball one um with my like collection of 80s baseball cards really comes into play with that one so i like that one but um i should check out connections you said that you don't need to have like a subscription to play it yep just type in connections new york times and basically it's just 16 clues and then you have to figure out the connections of four groups of four. Um, but they'll kind of like, they'll kind of trip you up a little bit. Do you have to tell or like explain what the connection is? No. Like you just select these four are connected. You hit it and it's like, yep, these four are all this. There so. is an app that, that I wrote 
some puzzles for that is similar to that. It's called Red Herring. It's like an app for, I think it's on iOS and Android. I think it's free. It's similar to that where there's a board like that and there are certain connections you have to make, but there are red herrings, like things that you think are connected, but they're actually not. It's been, I don't know, four or five years since I've written any of those. I'd like to go back to see if they're still kind of fun, but that that was a, a fun kind of thing to to play as well. But, and it sounds vaguely familiar to mm. that with another, like one little added wriggle, but there's yeah. my other app, app plug for the, for the show, red herring. Mm. Check it out. So like, yeah, you'll have, four groups of or they're they're 16 but like one of the categories this time was bridal accessories um for this for today so spoiler alert for what will be a previous connections so um but it's uh bridal accessories always like bouquet ring train veil but in another connection was the word cake for c words for envelop cake coat cover and crust so it's like you have to kind of figure out which one would be yeah. probably like a red herring of like, okay, cake yeah, it's could similar fit in yeah. bridal, but it's, you know, maybe not, you know, so things like that. Anyway, I recommend. I thought you were going to say like veil and then the other category would be like Colorado cities. That could be another one. Oh, Although okay. I think they're actually, they're, they're, they're spelled differently. Actually, I think Colorado is anyway, the whole a. point of this. You can find anyway. connections for college yeah. hockey tournaments and that should happen. Oh, that's right. We're talking about college hockey. I got distracted there. Exactly. So anyway, the infamous fish story. Uh, Where do you want to go next? ECAC? Let's do it. I'm boring and I'm going with the Bobcast. Yeah, same here. So and that's, you know, it's a league that's been weird lately. Like they got four teams in last year. Very flukily i'll say because colgate won that tournament sort of out of nowhere uh and so you had four teams but i I think they had like so it's 12 team league i think they had six teams like in the bottom 15 in pairwise so we didn't call them top heavy because four teams is a good chunk of teams in the tournament tied with the big 10 is the most teams of any conference in the tournament i would almost call it like almost bottom heavy, but you can't really call it bottom heavy either because they got the national t- champion out of it but it's just either you're you're good or you're terrible in that yeah. league there's really no middle ground and so it'll be weird to see if that i mean can't imagine they're getting four teams in again and we'll see how the other sort of regular contenders cornell harvard i'm not even sure if you'd put colgate in that colgate's got a new coach now they had a lot of turnover uh after they made the tournament last year their their top scorer alex young moved over to arizona state which is a big loss for colgate so i can't imagine them getting back into the tournament teams like st lawrence are always kind of middling um clarkson's always kind of middling um so I think Quinnipiac's a solid bet to return to the tournament. Uh, I would say Harvard, you know, with their recruiting classes over the last few years, they're and always going to be that, tough. But Harvard, or well, I mean, this recruiting class too, um, or the people who committed, I think they've had like 10 or 12 commits here over the past few months 
as well for future years too. So I think right. they're going to be kind of a a force to be reckoned with shortly for the next few. So years. I, I I do think it'll be competitive at the top, but it's just bottom of the league. Um, Let's hope that those top teams get some quality out-of-conference wins because you're not going to be able to really bump your pairwise up playing teams like Dartmouth and uh, Union, RPI, those kind of teams. So, weird league. It's kind of segmented in, in between the haves and the have-nots, and there's really no kind of have teams in the middle. So, see how that shakes out. But, you know, a team that's coming off a national championship, I'm not going to venture too far afield and I'll just play it safe and go with Quinny. November 22nd, Quinnipiac at Boston University. So that's going to be a circle that one. Yep. So uh, last and least Atlantic hockey. This is the best part of the show. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get your pick for who wins Atlantic hockey. Which is always just like, do you got the dartboard in the back in the background? Like, just <laughs> which team is it going to be? RIT, Canisius. To be fair, the uh, Atlantic Hockey Tournament is always the dartboard, so it it doesn't really matter well, who and, wins the the league. It's and it'll be our our yearly now, uh, like January first podcast where we put, predict the field. At that point, because mm-hmm. the, the fun part is just like, who, who do you got for Atlantic? Because it's still a crapshoot. Yep. I'm going with Niagara this year. Ooh, all right. Uh, the purple wave. No, purple something. Purple Eagles. I don't know. I like oh. purple wave better. It makes Niagara. more sense with, falls. with the falls there. But come yeah. on. It's just right there, guys. Make that change. You're you're already refashioning uh, Vermont's logo. Vermont, let's go. Do, uh, do a God, rebrand here on the fly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you could have done a better job than Union Char- uh, Garnet Chargers. Garnet Chargers, oh. right? Exactly. So, uh, nope, look look no further. Um, it's uh, obviously I already have the winner of Atlantic Hockey. You can already put on the board uh, Sacred Heart. They're, they're gonna... I always root for them because they've never made the tournament. <laughs> there's never there's, made a, the there's tournament. only a couple. Army's never made it. Them. Bentley has never made it. Bentley, one of these years, Bentley is going to like shock us. They have a new facility. Like you'd think they'd be able to recruit somebody there. Yep. So yep. Sacred Art, two votes in the S show poll and uh, number one in my heart. So that's, uh, that, that, that's what I've got. All right. I'm rooting for it. The, uh, <laughs> you're a big Pios fan. You think I, that they call them the Pios? Cause they all the pioneers as well. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe we Pios. Can... I, I remember like talking to my brother about that. He's like, Denver calls himself the Pios? He thought that was a really stupid way to uh call it to, to shorten pioneer. I think it's so really I... stupid that De- Denver doesn't <laughs> pick either University of Denver or Denver University. <laughs> Just pick one. Covering the whole Come base on. there. University of Denver University. I do like abbreviating them as UDU. <laughs> That is good. So I like that. But I don't know. That feels like it's what I think. What who else does that? Kansas does that, right? Kansas. That's I think the what they say is the purpose of doing that. Because like that Rocky Mountain, Great Plains region, all of the like Nebraska is they're all the university of. But then Nebraska's NU, Colorado CU, 
Kansas is KU. And so, again, it doesn't make sense because you're not following grammar, really. That's not really generally how you abbreviate things. Switch the letters around. That's not how grammar usually works. But that's how they do it in that chunk of the area. It's the same part of the country as Alex Fern told us that they dunk uh, cinnamon rolls in in chili. So we can't trust them to uh, properly abbreviate things either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, speaking of the Ustro poll, um, since it is the preseason poll and my favorite poll and only poll, really, I like to look at, um, just because I like to see if there's a brown that sneaks in. Um, for many years, Wisconsin, I think, uh, I think Wisconsin uh, was that was my big takeaway. Like, this is I, I consider this is that's my big takeaway is that I think. The Ustro voters, this is a big slight at Mike Hastings because in those Mike Eves years and even most of the Tony Granado years, he's getting a preseason 12th rating in any oh, yeah. of those years. Oh, yeah, all the time. Four wins doesn't matter. We're only we're only getting re- we're only getting receiving votes. We're not even in the top 20. And we're talking about votes? Mike Hastings. Like, you see what the guy yeah. did in Mankato? don't think that you can at least parlay that into like a 15th ranking for Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think that's a big take Kato above Wisconsin and, and, and Hastings took like all of Mankato. So yeah, that there's not uh, really many surprises here. I mean, I'm just kind of looking, it's the same, like, you know, North Dakota at seven. It's because they're North Dakota. Boston College, yeah. that's the, uh, you know, they were not ranked the, at the end of last year, and they start this year at six. Gives you an idea. I, I don't think that's terribly off. It, that's why I think I said last year, like, do you have a team that's not in this top 20 that you think can be, will be a tournament team? And then also, wow. is there any team on this list in the current top 20 that's gonna just nosedive and face plant this year i mean i'm a little surprised with western michigan at 12 i i'm surprised at western michigan at 12 i'm more surprised with michigan state at nine and i know you've already said at at what you uh michigan state what number are they at oh good lord Nine, nine, nine times. Travis, we're, <laughs> we're starting every week life. now. We're having a podcast every week now yeah, for the next six gotta, months. So you got to be by that button. You uh, know, I'm going to be uh, pumping you with that one. So this like, is your warning. Like, this is your I, only I, warning. I, I just imagine all 12 of our listeners were probably like nine times. Like, they <laughs> it up on it right away. And I just. Asleep at the button bar. <laughs> Speaking of our one of our twelve I listeners, was like, I was I was sitting here thinking like like what is he? T- am I looking at the wrong poll? It's clearly it's here at nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Michigan State, right? Yeah, I, I know. State, right there at nine. Oh, anyway, thinking that you're mentioning one anyway, of our twelve listeners. We got we. We got Minnesota Duluth at 17. I think that's a little uh, optimistic. 
I'm, I think you're going to be amused, let's put it, by my NCHC prediction for Duluth. Uh, I'll just, that, okay. that's what we call a tease in the business. Um, tease, right there. I'll just put it there. I, I got some words to say about the Bulldogs. All right. Tune in next week, Dan Don't Jacobson. Bulldog fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's head to questions. Dan Jacobson has a question. Nice. <laughs> um, really good one. Uh, rank really college hockey streaming services. Big Ten Plus, ESPN Plus, NCHC TV, and Flow Hockey. Now, it just is it a, a shockingly guess, good question. Come up Dan with Jacobs. a yeah. <laughs> come up with a with a ranking criteria. Um, I guess I don't know if we're just going for bang for their buck or just all around production quality, ease of menu use. If we're putting it all encompassing, um, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I I don't know what we consider or just yeah. Maybe I just, well, just and go with everything. It's a good question. Something that was on my mind tuning into the uh, Huskies games this weekend. And mm-hmm. all I just want to not trying to be a shameless plug here for the Big Ten Network, but uh, it's a $50 season pass for all WCHA women's games, which I knew was the was the deal they did last year. I didn't do that deal, but I probably spent more than that because the second half of the year, I was just doing like the month by month and I kept it going because St. Cloud, you know, the season I was maintaining interest throughout the entire season. And they ca- I, I, there was one month where I just, I'm like, why I, I forgot to do the, like canceled the auto pay. So one extra month that I wanted that I had paid for that I didn't really need. But so $50 for that. And then when I logged in to purchase that for this season, they said, well, you can do 50 bucks for the women's WCHA, or you could do 60 bucks for the WC- women's WCHA and all the men's Big Ten action. So I'm sure, 10 extra bucks, and I get all the men's games too, at least the Big Ten games. 60 bucks for that, I think it's a great deal. and. Yeah. I've never run into any quality issues. This is what, I mean, I have a lot of choice words to say about the Big Ten, specifically when it comes to hockey. Uh, But they are a giant corporation and a giant brand, and this is what giant brands can do. They can provide a big service for a relatively affordable price. I think you're getting a lot of bang for your buck for that price. Uh The $50 for the women's is on its own, I think a great deal. And then you add just another 10 bucks and you basically d- double the number of games. I know there's some games that if they're playing on the actual big Ted network, I don't believe you're have access to those. It's similar to the NCHC when they have the CBS sports network games. Yep. Those don't come. Those aren't accessible through the app. So you're not getting every, literally every single game, but you're getting for the women's side, 99, close to 99% of those. And for the men's, maybe 75% of those because they do play a fair amount of, of uh, games on the actual channel. But I think a, a very solid deal for a pretty affordable price. Um, whereas a conference like the NCHC, 
doesn't have that sort of name recognition. It doesn't have the amount of money in its coffers to kind of take a economy of scale approach to their pricing model. So whereas I'm fine paying it's, I don't know, they keep sort of raising the price on me. I think last year I paid 110 bucks, I think for the NCHC season package, you know, so let's, let's say it's double what the big 10 plus WCHA women's uh, package was. I'm fine with that because it's given me the St. Cloud games, at least the grand majority of those. uh, And I'm fine with paying that premium because I still think it's fine, uh, a decent enough deal. And I think their quality, as we've mentioned, can vary based on the school. So some schools are better than others, but I would say that's, I mean, there's just not, I'm not, I'm not not going to buy the NCHC package no matter what. The others are sort of add-ons. I don't need to see all the others, but I am an ESPN Plus subscriber. It's a good deal. It's 10 bucks a month, um, so I guess 120 a year, but you're getting all NHL games. You're getting all ECAC games and Hockey East games, uh, at least all home games of theirs. So if they play an away series at a team not in one of those leagues, uh, you're not seeing those. But you're seeing the grand majority of, of games in both of those conferences. And you're getting a bunch of women's games as well. You're basically getting all the women's games in the ECAC and Hockey East as well. And I think even some others. They have some weird ones. Like they, they played Liberty Hockey, their club team. They had a couple of their games on ESPN+, Plus, which I don't know why. But actually tuned into one they had a decent crowd in, in one of them. So they'll play some weird games that even aren't in like either NHL or D one college. So I think that's a good deal um, based on the volume that you're getting. And it's ESPN. The quality is pretty uniform across the league. Yep. And so that's another, you don't really have to guess as far as how the quality is going to be. The worst of the options would be flow hockey, um, mainly because of the price. I mean, 30 bucks a month last year would assume it's going to be something close to that this year. Yeah. It's 30 bucks a month. And you're, you're getting CCHA and Atlantic hockey. Um, you know, you're, or you're 150 getting, if you buy the annual package, it's 150 for the year mm-hmm. with St. Clouds this year, they're, well, they are playing Mankato at Mankato in October. And St. Thomas. Yep. So you get three, so games, three games for those there. 30 bucks. Last year was great because he played, you had, you just had, the only games that they were playing CCHA home games were the, the St. Thomas season opener and then Bemidji in late October. So you really just had one month where you had to pay the 30 bucks to see both of those games. This year you got three games in October that we just mentioned. And then you also had that single game at Bemidji mm-hmm. in late December. So. And I'm gonna watch that game. And you put it that way, like I'm gonna pay thirty dollars to watch a game on TV. Yeah, yeah. You, you put it that way, you're like, ah. I mean, but I guess I'm getting the extra month too. I, I have access to a month's worth of games if I really wanted to watch. And because, see, that's like the downside and the benefit because because it's so expensive, I'm almost compelled to get as much value out of it. So I'm almost going to force myself to watch a couple of Atlantic games or CCHA games, mm-hmm. or at least like just you know get replays or highlights or something. Try to get as much value see, extracted out see of the Sacred Heart. Just run all over the conference. There you go. There you go. 
uh, check out Bentley's new arena, <laughs> as I mentioned. And so it's why it works in one way that it, it motivates me to uh, watch some games that I normally wouldn't really watch, but the cost is very prohibitive. And um, I'm really only going to pay for the, the months that St. Cloud is going to be featured in any of those games. And the, and the and, quality can vary too, based yeah. on what the facility is too. So and the bummer, I guess we're ranking it, them there. That's how I'd rank them. Big 10, NCHC, ECAC, and Flow Hockey. And you can even make a, a case that you can flip flop ESP. I mean, from a quality standpoint, I'd say, and like accessibility, ESPN is above NCHC. I'm just yeah. putting NCHC above because my favorite team plays on that channel. There's no way I'm not going to have that have app. Sure. Um, yeah, well, the quick bummer about that Bemidji State series, um, you know, that is that one game, and that's on December 29th. So, I mean, I'd have to look at the composite schedule, but I would imagine a lot of teams are going to have a week off in there. So that's like a week off that you're not getting that extra value of that whole month of flow hockey. So the question would be, do you start it? Do you start it in starting in the beginning of December or do you start it then? And then you have January to watch you'd no, you definitely would start it when they play that game, because as you said, you're going to take two weeks off there after the middle of December. Mm hmm. So you're going to get the more value there. But so. yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Um, the one thing that I don't like about Big Tens um, is, I and maybe I haven't played around with it enough yet, but like just tr- trying to find the games because it will kind of just yeah. default to all games and trying to find, yep. the, you know, the women's hockey game like for Union that, or the St. Cloud against Union game that I wanted to watch. It was just kind of like an added nuisance I didn't think needed to be there. I feel like, like you could like have like a filter. Yeah. Just like filter out like, like my subscription only gets hockey games. Like mm-hmm. why am I seeing Rugby. the field hockey game? Yeah. And it has the little lock, the little you know, master lock little logo. Like but I can't, you're not going to convince anyone. Why do I need, yeah. you're not going to convince anyone. It's like, that? Oh, that's a big rugby matchup right there. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should spring for it. I'll actually so. say rugby. I watched it in the Olympics a couple years ago. I actually thought rugby was pretty fun to watch, but I have no idea like how big of a college sport it is, but I think it's a decent sport. It's kind of fun. I am. Um, I once got absolutely drunk in college and really, you don't say <laughs> there was a, at St. Cloud state. I know weird. And there was like, I can't remember like Fox sports one or something had like Aussie rules football on late at night and I was watching it and I was watching it on mute and we were just kind of making up our own rules on how this game is played and the scoring was a lot of fun. I can't remember exactly how. Is that, I don't want to be too far distracting here, but is Aussie rules football different than rugby? Apparently. So they are separate sports. Yeah. And I know rugby has like rugby sevens is different than regular rugby. Again, this goal goes over my head and I don't even know what it was that I watched when I watched it a few years ago, but um, it's a sport that I could get into. It's like when I first started watching curling at the Olympics, I'm like, I could get into this and not like every Olympics yeah, cur- I'll watch curling. Yeah. Uh, curling is like the, 
the baseball of winter sports. Uh, you've got ends, <laughs> and you just kind of innings. I think was is it ends? Is that? I, I think it's ends. Or is it innings? Just treat them like innings. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, but also like with I like I feel ESPN. I feel like used to be a little bit more user friendly, but sometimes it gets a little bit wonky when it comes to it. But I think you can still kind of filter it pretty quickly to see, um you know, the college hockey games. And like you said, that you've got to filter it yourself. Yeah. Like if you just go hockey, you're going to be scrolling a while mm-hmm. for the, you're going to come across like replays of the week before for NHL, before you hit current, like that day's college games, and especially women's college games, you can't even find those on there. You go to NCAA hockey. It's like, you go down to like select the sport. Go to NCAA hockey. There might even be one men's for and then one for women's. That's the way you find those because they're going to be buried. I, I can't imagine those get a ton of viewership. Yeah. Um. But if you know where to find them, it's I, I find theirs to be easier to filter out than Big Tens. Big Tens, yeah. Um. Now I'm a little bit jaded because I overpay uh, for my wireless bill. Um. I have Verizon. And the data plan I have actually gets me free ESPN plus. So that's oh, nice. So that's not terrible. I mean, I overpay Like I say free with the biggest quotation marks because I'm definitely paying for it in my service. Um, but it's, it's like T-Mobile. I get the, I get the um, MLB extra innings or whatever the MLB stream, MLB TV. I get that free through my uh, cell phone hmm. uh, bill. So, so I wish I could um, get that ESPN deal through that. Yeah. too. So, I mean, if I were, I mean, it's just kind of blindly ranking them and maybe not blindly. Cause I've, I've watched them all. Uh, yeah. I would put flow last. Um, and then, yeah, I would probably put NCHC. Um, I think they have some more hiccups also throughout the season on certain streams. And obviously if it's Miami, you might as well put a blowtorch to it because you're hardly going to be able to see anything. Um, so I would probably put them third, um, then ESPN plus, and then just big 10 for the value. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's hard to beat that much hockey for 60 bucks a year. I think I'm actually going to agree. I, I I'll change my vote because you're right. I'm thinking too last year for not the beginning of the year, but for the bulk of the year, it, it was fine in the first couple of weeks, but then Throughout the year, it had a huge problem. Like, I couldn't use my iPad with it to stream NCHC games. I could only use my Roku on my TV. I don't think I've ever really been able to use my iPad for NCHC I, I used to be able to. Like, I, they're, I have they're to go, reached a week. I have to go through the website on my iPad to play the games. I can't do it through the app. It just... Yeah, it, it, and it's just garbage. It, it used to work for me, and it, at some point, it decided not to work through the iPad. Because I, I used to watch like the St. Cloud game, and then I'd have a secondary NCHC game playing on the iPad. It was great. Uh, but that, at some point last year, became a no-go, and I don't believe I was ever able to rectify that. So, yeah, we, we need to make sure that they can, they have capability to run on all these different platforms. Yeah. But so. so that is a downside. So I think I would I would slip it down a notch to to third because it it's also kind of expensive, and it's got some technical shortcomings. Yep. Yep. So, um, 
from Title IX Hockey. Uh, what would it take to break into the Big Four for uh, St. Cloud and the WCHA? Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, but, I mean, taking some of those points from the big ones and really dominating on Minnesota Duluth, and maybe not even maybe even just splitting the season series against them, and then taking a couple games out of the the other big three, I think would probably be enough. Um, it might come down to head to head with them. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that St. Cloud is and finishing ahead of Ohio State, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. No. I don't think there's any way that Duluth finishes ahead of any of, any of those teams either. No. So it really might come down to just the head-to-head between those two teams. And Duluth never, I mean, I guess, what, in the playoffs, I think there was a 5-1 to one game. But other than that, I don't think, I mean, it was, what, there was a 2 to nothing game. There was a 1 to nothing. Like, it was all low-scoring games. I think there and was Saint, one blowout loss. And then there was, and then St. Cloud I would just just against Duluth. Yes. But yeah, we're just talking the Duluth yeah. games. I'm I'm checking now. Go on. Because I remember the five to one game that we lost. But like, um, you know, and that's when St. Cloud didn't have obviously a lot of firepower firepower, and we're starting to get a lot more firepower now and and over the next few years. But I think that's gonna be the biggest key into really jumping uh Minnesota Duluth, which I hope we do this year. Yeah, home series in November at home, lost two to nothing and five to one. Lost oh, in February. Lost in February or in the February series at Duluth in the regular season. One to one tie, St. Cloud winning in shootout, in and shootout. Then a two to no, two to nothing loss. Okay. And in the playoffs, a one to nothing loss and a five to one loss. So, so there were two, two five fi- to one. Two five to one losses, but the others were two to one, one nothing, or one to one. Yeah. But I think in all those games. I guess I would have to double check, but I felt like we were outshot fairly heavily. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was, yeah. And you couldn't get anything past the goalie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then, uh, go Huskies. Woo. Um, wants you to apologize for twin slander since they have won 83 games and counting and, uh, won the <sighs> AL central. So, uh, how do you feel about being wrong about the Twins heading into the playoffs? Well, I'm not completely wrong. <laughs> so the bet, the bet, I bet money on the Vegas over under is 84. So I, I bet the under on that. So still is hope that they can <laughs> lose out the rest of the games, including three to the 110 loss Oakland A's. There's still hope. So. The dream is not dead yet, okay. but uh, it's very, been very frustrating because um, in a large sense, I was right. This is not a very good team. They are buoyed by playing in perhaps what's the worst division in North American professional sports history this year's AL Central. Not saying we can go back 30 years. This division has been consistently hot garbage. It needed to take the fact that every single one of these teams quit um, about halfway through the year and are yeah. going to lose north. I mean, they're going to have two teams that are going to lose 100 games and then 
two teams either going to lose late, you know, high 80s or even into the 90s in losses in Cleveland and Detroit. And so if this team was in literally any other division in the sport, they probably would have been in third or fourth place around the, the trading deadline, and they would have sold off all their impending free agents, and they probably would have finished like 75 and 87 or whatever that is, which is what their true sort of talent level is at. And they get to win a real cheap uh, division. That banner uh, that they're going <laughs> to so, hang is made is made out of chintz, in, um, and it will come back in the playoffs. Family, they will not win in the playoffs. Family game night. Um, uh, we always my family. Uh, we we haven't done it in a while, but we used to have a family trivial pursuit battle of the sexes, Genesis version or OG, <laughs> right? Answers are I know it East, well. East and West Berlin, uh, yep. USSR, and we're pretty cutthroat. Yep, yep, yep. pretty cutthroat when it comes to it. Um, however, if there is an easy question and you get a chip, uh, the chips were made so you can put it in upside down. So, <laughs> so the other team would claim that it was a hollow chip because <laughs> because that was such a gimme for a chip that it shouldn't really count, but technically it does so they put it in upside down that's kind of what this twins banner is it's like this al central division champ but it's kind of a hollow championship so they should put hang the banner upside down because we didn't really earn it right and it's frustrating because my my whole bit here turning on this team is that this management group from the front from the ownership down front office field management they're ne- you're never going to win anything of consequence with this with this outfit. Pull heads have people. always been garbage, terrible, and they Maybe hire terrible All people. Terrible. Um, and so my whole thing is, we just need to clear house here. the 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 shortest path to get there is through loss. It's a lot of losses, losing, and even that they're like uh, resistant to losing because they gave Baldelli a extension after they finished in last place in 2021. So if they give them an extension after a terrible season where they had sky high expectations going into the year, finish in last place and then given an extension, don't tell the public about the extension for multiple years afterwards. I mean, so this, this division title gives them like six more years yeah, and that's, that's the opposite of progress. Plus it, it annoys me that they need to rejigger the playoff format because they're going to, whoever they play in the playoffs is going to have a better record than them. And the twins are going to be hosting those games, which is just not fair. It's just not fair. So they need to rejigger the playoff format. And that's maybe one hope that I have is that this will be such an embarrassment to the sport that they are not only winning in a, what they're playing the easiest schedule in baseball by the dint of them being in, you know, placed by the luck of geography in the AL central. They also are afforded the easiest schedule because of that. And then they get to play a team that's better than them, but that they still get home field advantage. I still have all the hope, all the hope and faith in the world that they can lose both of those games. The, the one thing I can hang my hat on is that we have the chance to get to 0 and 20, which is really what I was hoping for to <laughs> extend this, this postseason losing streak, which is so impressive to me, but I've always wanted to get to 20 both in the, raw number of losses as well as the number of years because they started the streak in 04 and i just it's the 20 years like round number like yeah history so, rhymes <laughs> that's right and so we just need to go oh and two here 
and uh, in a couple of weeks. And this whole, you know, hair graying, gnashing of my teeth, sort of frustration <laughs> of a season can be all worth it. It'll be like 2020 when those that the two best days of that year for me were when they lost to the Astros in the playoffs. It was mm, well the best, yeah, the best. And that's probably going to happen again. Because and it might be to the Astros. It might be the Astros, uh, even exactly. with the same the same uh, opponent. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I I love a Gopher football collapse. So I think oh, one of the happiest God. days of my life was <gasps> watching that North, Northwest. I missed it because I even I, my brother and I were te- he's my brother is what I am to the twins. He is that with gopher football. Like I'm like that with gopher football. rooting for that to them to lose ever and to lose in ever the most since Wisconsin, fashion. ever since, uh, Glenn Mason urinated down his leg against Wisconsin oh, with like, I was two at that game left that, that the, the botched, the botched, the botched snap punch. punt. Yep. That, yep. that I is was at that game. That was that that's been it for me. I think that full game's on YouTube too. Um, there was a couple epic mason collapses oh, you got the man. michigan the michigan collapse as well mm-hmm. i think the year or two before that they had like a 28 point lead that they coughed up yep. the michigan or the wisconsin game was was classic <laughs> nate, uh, yeah nate nate wells uh, a good college hockey follow on twitter he uh he tweeted out now i know what twitter would have been like during the glenn mason years because this pj fleck collapse against northwestern was straight glenn mason so uh, Disappointed, so, I missed it. But he—that's where my brother is—is is motivated because of a hatred of Flack. And similar, I have a a, a strong hatred uh, of—I <laughs> call him Rockhead, but of Baldelli uh, and and the rest of the regime there. And yeah, it's, it's the whole regime. It's interesting that, seeing the anti-fandom. It's a—it's a different way to enjoy uh, sports. View sports. <laughs> sports is all about entertainment, and there's a lot. I figured out there's a lot of different ways to be entertained. One of them is to root against a team rather than for a team. Yep. So exactly. if we're looking for a change, check that out. So, um, also in that thread was, uh, they should both probably apologize to Saul Quist as well for the slander. <laughs> um, I've already picked him for preseason MVP. So I don't know what he's talking I don't, about. Uh, again, I don't, I don't mind Saul Quist as a person. I just, God, just Brett loves them. Bring it. Brett. Bring him back to the bring him back to the twins. I've mentioned before. It's the Nick Punto thing. Yeah. Mason Salquist as a fourth line center faceoff specialist. Awesome. Two thumbs up. Mason Salquist as your main power play centerman. Power play one and playing first line minutes. Not two thumbs up. No. If he puts a 30 point season in with that role, I'll put two thumbs away up. But I just don't see that. It's just a he's a guy that's got a he's he a role player. Point season up. I'll be right. put- He's a he's a role player that's just asked. He's being asked to put to put it to oh to God, perform Nick. a role that's above what his his uh, skill set is. Nick, what a, what a good reference that is too. That's nearly perfect. Yeah, Nick Punto, perfectly yeah. great utility player. But you put him as your starting shortstop for 160 games. It's that's a that's a recipe for for failure. And okay. I think it's from similar now to, on we're calling Mason Salquist the piranha. I, think. I like that. <laughs> I, think I like that actually a lot. Yep. So we'll, we'll, we're going to call Mason Sulquist the piranha, and I hope that catches on. Um, last question. I know I kind of tacked it on a little bit earlier. Um, SCSU men's and women's championship parade is going to be on the same day. 
um yeah they'll be on the same day and they're gonna have the same route uh and we'll 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 do that we'll do that live broadcast as we mentioned st cloud's got limited resources as university so i don't think they can spring for two separate parades so we're gonna have to combine those into one starts downtown and ends at shoemaker with a celebratory couch fire I think is where everything <laughs> kind of, it all comes down to the shoemaker couch wire. I think that has to be the end. And then we all have a bonfire. And I think, I don't think anything sums up couch fire. State more than that. I so, think you're on to something. Yeah. So, uh, well, that about does her. Um, and I, about does and her. I said uh, earlier in the podcast that we're going to keep them short, a little over an hour and look at us. I knew. You knew right away. You, you called that bluff right away. And I really thought we were going to keep it short. So, well, seeing as our last podcast exceeded three uh, hours and we had guests on, though, longer than that, I think we can call this a tight hour a tight, 56. A tight two hours here. So, yes. Um, we'll be back next week for maybe another two hours. Who knows? Probably. (laughs) Until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!